Good afternoon, and thank you for attending today's Pinterest second quarter 2022 earnings call. My name is Danielle, and I will be your moderator for today's call. All lines will be muted during the presentation portion of the call with an opportunity for questions and answers at the end. If you'd like to ask a question, please press star followed by one on your telephone keypad. I would now like to pass the conference over to our host, Neil Doshi, Head of Investor Relations. Neil, please proceed. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us. Welcome to Pinterest Earnings Call for the second quarter ended June 30th, 2022. I'm Neil Doshi, Head of Investor Relations for Pinterest. Joining me today on the call are Ben Silverman, Pinterest co-founder and executive chairman, Bill Reddy, Pinterest CEO, and Todd Bogenfeld, our Chief Financial Officer and Head of Business Operations. Now we'll cover the safe harbor. Some of the statements we make today regarding our performance, operations, and outlook, including the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic, may be considered forward-looking, and such statements involve a number of risks and uncertainties that could cause actual results to differ materially. In addition, our results, trends, and outlook for Q3 2022 and beyond are preliminary and are not an indication of future performance. We are making these forward-looking statements based on information available to us as of today and we disclaim any duty to update them later unless required by law. For more information, please refer to the risk factors discussed in our most recent forums, 10Q or 10K filed with the SEC and available on the investor relations section of our website. During this call, we will present both GAAP and non-GAAP financial measures. A reconciliation of non-GAAP to GAAP measures is included in today's earnings press release and letters to shareholders, which are distributed and available to the public through our Investor Relations website, located at investor.pinterestinc.com. And now I'll turn the call over to Ben. Thanks, Neil, and hi, everyone. We appreciate you joining our call. Today's gonna be a bit different. In addition to announcing results, we're also marking an exciting new chapter for Pinterest. A few weeks ago, we welcomed our new CEO, Bill Reddy. Today, you're gonna hear from him and see why we're all excited to have him at the helm. But before I turn it over to him and Todd, I just want to quickly touch on why we made the transition. First, I absolutely love Pinterest and cherish the journey we've been on for more than a decade. It all began in 2010 as a tool to help people collect all the things they love from across the Internet. And in the years since, Pinterest has grown into something bigger and more meaningful. Today, Pinterest is a place where 433 million people all over the world come to get inspiration a place where content creators can share their talents and passions with an inspired global audience, and a place where brands can connect with consumers trying to build their best lives. I'm grateful to everyone who's made this journey possible. First, our pinners, our extraordinarily talented team, and all the investors and businesses who've supported us along the way. I'm proud of what we've achieved together. But as far as we've come, I know Pinterest could be more. It's so clear that we have an opportunity to build an end-to-end platform, one that delights people with incredible inspiration, helps them plan their futures, and then brings those plans to life with purchases and actions. It's an ambitious vision that's bigger than one person, including a founder. And so for our next stage of growth, we sought a leader with expertise in e-commerce and shopping to help us capitalize on the strong user intent and planning behavior on our platform. I met and talked with a lot of people Bill's skill set and experience stood out. He's a builder who scaled companies like Braintree and Venmo. He knows how to operate at global scale from his time as CEO of PayPal. He's a leader in commerce, most recently as president of commerce payments and next billion users at Google. 
And beyond his resume, he shares our values and our aspiration of building a positive corner of the Internet that's nourishing and encouraging. His passion is the same as ours, creating products that people love. It became clear to me that Bill will be a fantastic CEO for Pinterest next chapter, and the board felt the same way after discussions with him. And that's why we made the move. I could not be more excited about where Bill is going to lead Pinterest in the future. I know there's a huge opportunity ahead of us. I'm looking forward to fully supporting Bill's vision and strategy, and I can't wait to see how he leads us into the next great chapter of our story. With that, I'm going to turn it over to Bill to share a few thoughts. Bill? Thank you, Ben, and hello, everyone. I first want to express my gratitude to Ben and the board for their trust in me as Pinterest CEO. As a fellow entrepreneur, I have tremendous respect for Ben and what he's accomplished at Pinterest. Under Ben's leadership, Pinterest has grown into a global consumer internet platform with hundreds of millions of users, has scaled revenue to over $2 billion, and the Pinterest brand is synonymous with positivity. It's been roughly a month since I became CEO, and after talking with some of our key stakeholders and reviewing our product roadmap, I'm even more excited today about our business opportunity ahead. I know that maintaining a healthy dialogue and relationship with the investor community is an important part of our success. That's why I'd like to spend a few minutes discussing why I joined Pinterest and outlining what you can expect in the next few months. I joined Pinterest because it offers people a digital experience that is genuinely unique and positive, and because we've only just begun to tap into the possibilities that experience has to create value for users and advertisers. Pinterest is really one of the only platforms that sits at the intersection of social media, search, and e-commerce, and I'm incredibly excited to help unlock the company's potential. Having spent most of my career in commerce and payments, I recognize that there are many places to buy online, but there are very few online destinations where you can actually shop, that is to browse and discover and get inspired before you buy. Pinterest is very unique in that it has inspiration, discovery, and strong user intent all in the same place. Pinterest is one of the few places online where users can discover new products by browsing and searching in a curated, personalized setting before they even know exactly what they want. What happens next is similarly unique. Pinners don't just scroll through or like images. They save relevant pins to thematic boards. This act of saving content again shows how differentiated the pinner mindset is. You save something because you plan to return and take action on it. This type of engagement is a highly differentiated first-party signal we can leverage to create value for pinners and advertisers alike. It allows Pinterest to better leverage organic engagement activity and makes the platform less vulnerable to certain ongoing changes in the broader technology landscape. From my perspective, we have an enormous opportunity to lean further into the significant intent and first-party signal that we have on the platform to help users bring the ideas and inspiration they found on Pinterest to life. At the same time, I believe that Pinterest's unique use case appeals to advertisers of all shapes and sizes and gives advertisers the opportunity to engage at crucial and highly valuable moments in the user's purchase journey when the user has clear intent but is still determining what to buy. Longer term, this unique combination of inspiration and intent can be applied to many categories, and I'm excited to help broaden and diversify the base of advertisers by making the platform easier to use. And we have a fantastic team to capitalize on these opportunities. I've been very impressed with the people at Pinterest and their commitment and enthusiasm for our mission of bringing everyone the inspiration to create a life they love. We truly live our mission. Over the next few months, 
I'll be digging deeper into our product strategy on engagement and content, as well as on the planning and shopping side. I'll be meeting with more of our key stakeholders, including pinners, our employees, advertisers and agencies, strategic business partners, and our shareholders to understand their needs. And I'm going to work with our leadership team on how we can update a durable, long-term strategy to deliver value across the board. I recognize that there is a lot of work ahead of us, especially during a period of significant macroeconomic headwinds and general consumer uncertainty. But we're operating today from a position of strength, with a growing business that is differentiated in the market and offers a distinct value proposition to advertisers that Todd will address further in his remarks. Pinterest is a business that has generated attractive margins and cash flow and is in an incredibly sound financial position with approximately $2.7 billion of cash and equivalents. Given the strength of our financial position today, I'm also focused on evaluating the best uses of capital for Pinterest and we'll be considering this as we update our broader strategic plan, which we'll share more of in the coming months. Additionally, I'm reviewing our investment profile to understand the return on investment of our expenses and to determine the best way to optimize in a resource-constrained environment. Given the growth that we are seeing combined with the significant potential opportunity ahead of us, we are continuing to invest in the business this year, and Todd will give more detail on that. But it's worth saying that I do not subscribe to a growth-at-all-cost mentality. While I believe we need to invest in long-term growth, I also believe that constraints breed creativity and can lead to even better product outcomes. And we have an extremely creative team here. So while 2022 is an investment year, I'll be focused on aligning our investments with our objectives of creating a differentiated experience for our users, helping our existing and new advertisers achieve success on our platform, and generating attractive returns on our investments for shareholders. Consistent with that, Todd and I agree that Pinterest plans to return to meaningful margin expansion in 2023. I look forward to communicating more about our plans in the coming months. Now, I'll turn it over to Todd to talk about the quarter. Thanks, Bill. I'd like to share some further details on the trends we saw in Q2 and provide a preliminary update for Q3. Before I jump into the quarter, a quick review of our principles. As Bill mentioned, Pinterest is uniquely valuable for consumers because it helps them discover new ideas and then bring those ideas to life, often through purchases. But the full funnel journey that consumers take on Pinterest from demand inception through product consideration to conversion means that Pinterest offers differentiated value for a wide range of advertisers, too. And the ways in which they engage with Pinterest are quite distinct from social media companies. This is due to our users' unique mindset. They tend to be in-market consumers with high commercial intent. Initially, our service attracted mostly larger retail and consumer packaged goods or CPG advertisers who wanted to be discovered by our user base and recognize the value of the fact that well over 90% of pinner queries were unbranded and still are today. These advertisers remain an important part of our business and make Pinterest's advertiser composition a fair bit different than many other online advertising platforms. But we've also built a significant performance advertising business over the past several years that has helped marketers leverage the organic commercial intent on Pinterest to drive conversions, often additions to a cart, checkouts, or purchases. The advertisers who reliably find strong returns on Pinterest are those who value our unique offering, 
including our differentiated and highly attractive user demographic, the high commercial intent that I just described, a relatively brand-safe environment, insights-led media buying, and longer attribution windows that reflect the value of advertising at the inception of actual demand when the value of advertising is arguably higher than later in a purchase decision. To that end, and despite challenging macro conditions, we saw resilience from our large advertising partners with 25% growth in spend commitments from joint business partnerships in the first half of 2022 compared to the first half of 2021. As a reminder, these joint business partnerships, while non-binding, are indications of sizable spend commitments from larger advertisers who often view Pinterest as an important channel to reach their consumers. These partnerships often suggest that we are an established channel for those partners rather than an experimental platform. Furthermore, we're focused on expanding our monetization to new geographies, and it's beginning to drive results. While we had 223 million monthly active users in our rest of world segment, our revenue in rest of world in Q2 was just $22 million. However, our rest of world ARPU increased by 80% year over year. In line with this strategy, we launched ads in Japan in the second quarter, and in July, we expanded into Chile, Argentina, and Colombia, and we're excited to monetize our emerging markets. On a year-over-year -year basis, our monthly active users declined 5%. Some of the factors contributing to our year-over-year -year MAU decline are easier to quantify, such as lower search traffic, largely driven by Google's algorithm change in November of last year, which resulted in fewer new users and resurrections. And the last vestiges of the pandemic online, which we believe we largely lapped at the end of Q2. We do also face increasing competition for time spent on competitive video-centric platforms, primarily in our mature markets, but it's challenging to quantify or measure the impact to our engagement from these platforms. These year-over-year -year declines were most pronounced for our web users, which dropped approximately 30% year-over-year, while our global mobile app users remained far more resilient, growing 8% year-over-year. It's worth noting that in the U.S. and Canada, our mobile app users were flat sequentially, which was a particularly positive signal during our seasonally weakest quarter of the year for engagement. It's important to note that our global mobile app users represent well over 80% of our revenue and our impressions. So resilience with mobile app users is an important signal for financial performance and capacity. Turning to our financial performance, Q2 revenue grew 9% year-over-year to $666 million, or 10% year-over-year on a constant currency basis. Sequentially, our revenue grew 16%. On a two-year basis, revenue accelerated at an annualized rate of 56% in the second quarter compared to 45% growth in the first quarter. In Europe, our revenue grew 22% year-over-year when adjusting for the 12-point headwind due to the strength of the U.S. dollar. On the demand side, the digital advertising environment has been and will continue to be challenging. While we saw strength from retail and international advertisers, we experienced softer demand from CPG, big box retailers, and our mid-market advertisers. Despite these headwinds, shopping ads continue to make progress on the platform. In Q2, shopping ads revenue grew twice as fast 
as over, over, overall revenue year over year. Adjusted EBITDA came in at $92 million with an adjusted EBITDA margin of 14%. Our non-GAAP operating expenses increased 16% sequentially. We thoughtfully designed a plan to invest during the course of 2022. In the first half of the year, we invested heavily and made key hires to augment the organization, which we believe will drive growth in the long term. Also for context, in the first quarter, we spent less than we originally anticipated due to slower than expected hiring in R&D and a delay in our creator-related marketing spend. In the second quarter, we saw an opportunity to augment our R&D team as the recruiting market became more favorable and our recruiting execution improved. Also, we caught up on some originally planned creator-related marketing. In addition, our G&A expenses increased sequentially with headcount growth and related payroll spend and our human resources and recruiting teams being the largest contributor. Roughly one quarter of the sequential increase in expense we expect to be non-recurring at these levels. Finally, our employees returning to office in the second quarter as COVID protocols changed drove some costs, including an increase in facilities and travel and entertainment-related costs. Turning to our preliminary outlook for Q3, I'd like to first touch on monthly active users. As we mentioned last quarter, we're neither providing guidance on users nor an intra-quarter update, but I'd like to offer some additional context on how we're thinking about engagement in the back half of this year. With the pandemic unwind largely behind us, we believe that global monthly active users will return to more seasonal, more typical seasonal engagement patterns in the second half of the year. Those seasonal patterns typically show modest sequential growth as we move to Q3 and Q4. However, these trends may be a bit more muted than they have been historically. And for the US, Canada, and Europe specifically, we hope to stabilize our user base in the back half of the year. While the pandemic unwind is largely behind us, we face increasing and sustained competition from video-centric apps for users' share of time spent. And as always, this color assumes that we don't face any incremental exogenous engagement headwinds like further search algorithm changes. I'll now turn to revenue guidance. Given the dynamic nature of the economy today and how quickly conditions can improve or worsen, we thought it would be prudent to provide a fairly broad range rather than providing a point estimate like last quarter. We currently expect Q3 revenue to grow in the mid-single digits on a year-over-year -year percentage basis. We're growing slightly faster than this range quarter to date, but many of our advertising partners, especially larger retailers, are experiencing supply chain issues, inflation, and weakening consumer demand. These conditions are weighing on advertisers' ability to spend, and our best signals of future performance suggest a slowdown from the growth rate we saw in July. This anticipated slowdown will likely land us toward the lower end of our guidance range. Moreover, if economic conditions continue to deteriorate, we could end up with revenue growth at the bottom end of the range or below in the low single digits. Please note that in addition to the challenging economic environment, our Q3 revenue guide of mid-single digits reflects a few other considerations. First, we anticipate slightly greater foreign exchange headwinds when compared to Q2. Second, we continue to monitor the impact of higher CPAs as a result of platform-specific dynamics and our engagement trends. We believe higher pricing may disproportionately affect price-sensitive advertisers' ability to utilize their budgets on our platform. 
That said, we continue to believe that advertisers who value the things I discussed earlier that make Pinterest unique will continue to find success on our platform. Third, idea pin distribution will have a modest, low single-digit impact of revenue growth in Q3. And as we lap this, we do not believe idea pins will be a further meaningful headwind to revenue in Q4 and beyond. Finally, I want to, expect, uh, to discuss our expense guide and our philosophy around investments. As Bill discussed, we're living in a more uncertain environment marked by slower revenue growth and greater demand volatility. While our business has proven relatively resilient, we're conscious of the economic climate. So far, we've meaningfully slowed the pace of hiring as we reevaluate our needs for the second half of this year and how best to support our plans for longer-term growth. We will be even more strategic and selective in our hiring plans for the remainder of 2022. For Q3, we expect non-GAAP operating expenses to grow in the low double digits quarter over quarter due to our global brand marketing campaign that we intend to launch in mid-September and run through late October, continued investments in our native content and creator efforts, and the impact of our recent hiring. We believe that investments in marketing, especially for our mature and newly monetizing markets, can build on and amplify the progress we're making in our core engagement work, and we believe these investments could yield strong returns in the future. For the full year, there is no change to our previous guide of non-GAAP operating expenses to grow in the range of 35 to 40% year-over-year, with a continued deceleration in sequential expense growth from the second quarter's peak levels. As we said at the start of this year, after three consecutive years of significant margin expansion, we viewed 2022 as the right time to accelerate investments to better position ourselves to capitalize on our long-term growth potential. We still believe that this is the right approach, but given the increasingly, the increasingly dynamic market environment and with Bill joining the company, we are evaluating our investment profile for the second half of this year and beyond. While there is a significant long-term runway ahead for the business, we have accelerated much of our desired investments into 2022 and believe that we will start to see the benefits of those investments next year. As such, we plan to return to meaningful margin expansion in 2023. As you know, we've long been focused on achieving the appropriate balance between realizing our long-term potential and delivering near-term financial results. We have approximately $2.7 billion of cash on our balance sheet, and Bill and I are discussing how we should be allocating our capital. In Q2, we acquired the YES, which reinforces our commitment to connecting the commercial intent on our platform with personalized shopping experiences. We'll continue to be thoughtful and strategic about our deployment of cash with respect to future M&A. Bill and I are committed to delivering value for shareholders, and we'll discuss our longer-term strategic framework with you going forward. Thanks to our employees at Pinterest, our advertising partners, our creators, and all the people that come to Pinterest to find inspiration, plan, and shop. And with that, I'll turn it back over to Bill for a brief comment before we open it up to questions. Thanks, Todd. Before we move to Q&A, I want to address recent news reports regarding a large investment from Elliott Management. We've had a very collaborative and engaged dialogue with Elliott recently. They're aligned with our vision of what Pinterest can become, are supportive of our team and our efforts, and see the same tremendous potential for long-term value creation that I do. I look forward to continuing to engage with Elliott, as I will with our other shareholders, 
and view their investment as a vote of confidence in Pinterest's future. But the purpose of today's call is to discuss our second quarter results and outlook, and we ask that you please keep your questions focused on these topics. And with that, we can open it up for questions. If you would like to ask a question, please press star followed by one on your telephone keypad. If for any reason you would like to remove that question, please press star followed by two. Again, to ask a question, please press star one. As a reminder, if you are using a speakerphone, please remember to pick up your handset before asking your question. We will pause here briefly as questions are registered. The first question comes from Eric Sheridan of Goldman Sachs. Please proceed. Thanks so much for taking the questions. And, and Ben, I just first want to thank you for all the dialogue on these earnings calls since uh, going public. Bill, maybe turning to you, um, maybe a two-parter if I can. First, when you were approaching this role from the outside in, what are you the most excited about in terms of closing the gap from executing on the operation side against the opportunity set versus how you're thinking about allocating capital investments against uh, that ambition? And then the second part of the question would be when you say – meaningful margin expansion in 2023. Help us bridge from all the ambition you're laying out and what you want to invest in to the concept of expanding margins in 23 past this investment year. Thanks. Excellent. Thank you for the question. Um, so quite a number of things I was, I was excited about uh, in, in joining Pinterest. Uh, but I think to the specific element of your question, uh, you know, around how we, uh, you know, drive forward on commercial engagement uh, and these types of opportunities, uh, as I mentioned a bit in, in my comments, I think Pinterest is in this very unique place of being at the intersection between social uh, uh, and search uh, and having, you know, a very high amount of intent on the platform paired with, with inspiration. Uh, so I think these things of, you know, when you think about what are the places you can go to find uh, inspiration discovery, oftentimes those don't necessarily have intent built in with those. Places that may have high intent don't necessarily have inspiration and discovery. And Pinterest has both of those things. And I think that gives us a really unique opportunity uh, to take users from this inspiration and discovery uh, and, and the intent that they have on our platform and drive that through to realization, whether that is making or doing or buying. And I think we're really at the very beginnings of, of uh, what the platform can deliver there. But the thing that I was really excited about and continue to be really excited about now that I'm on the inside, is I, is I look at the way that users are naturally engaging with the platform, um, you know, the, it's it's a much harder problem to try to shift the way a user behaves. Uh, to help a user do a thing they already want to do is a much easier problem to solve, and that's something that we see on Pinterest is that users are coming here with a clear intent. Yes, they're here for inspiration and discovery, but they have a clear intent and in driving that further to action, again, whether that's shopping, uh, buying, making, or doing, we think there's huge potential there. Uh, and there's some good early uh, signs of that uh, as we look at what's happening with shopping ads and some of the things there. And maybe I'll turn it over to Todd to expand further on some of the shopping progress as well as touch on your, your question around margins. Yeah, a couple things. I mean, obviously we're all very excited to uh, to move forward on the vision that, that uh, Bill is starting to lay out here. But on the shopping question in particular, you might remember back over the last couple of calls that we've been very focused on making sure we have a lot of shoppable inventory and that we have the right shoppable services for people to discover those products. And so a lot of our effort has come through building an inventory of shopping products that we can map to commercial intent and our users' preferences. We're now up to a billion 
shoppable products in the system. And on the shoppable surfaces uh, side, we launched Your Shop, which is our first personalized shopping experience. That'll be augmented by the acquisition we made with the Yes and help our users continue to go from intent to action on the platform. So really excited about those two things. And on top of that, we're building, as I mentioned in my script, our shopping revenue is growing twice the rate of our overall revenue. So really compelling um, vision financially behind what Bill is describing. Uh, the second part of your question was around the expense profile and what we meant by meaningful margin expansion, I think, if I heard your question correctly. And I think the the T up here is, number one, the business has a ton of runway. Everything Bill described suggests that we've got a big business to build here. And in the spirit of that, we laid out 2022 a couple of calls ago as an investment year after several years of significant margin expansion leading into 2022. But this isn't a new normal, or it's just a year where we designed to position the company for an improved user experience, future compelling revenue growth, and margin expansion in the years to come. And some have had questions about whether next year will be another reset or another investment year. But as you heard Bill described, while we're still spending a lot of time together to figure out what that plan is, and this is way too early to provide guidance for next year, we're looking at the macro environment, we're getting together as a team to figure out what our product plans will be for next year. So it's not guidance, but the idea here is that we would see as much as a couple hundred basis points of margin expansion going into next year, just to provide some directional input. Operator, next question. Certainly. Next question comes from Ross Sandler of Barclays. Please proceed. Hey, guys, uh, Bill, just one for you, and then, Todd, maybe one for you on the quarter. But strategically, Bill, um, you know, Google Shopping went through a long kind of metamorphosis from the frugal to where where you left it, which was in much better shape uh, than those early years. So I guess what parts of the Google Playbook might be applicable here that you had done in, in your time there, uh, and, and how would you kind of rank the – the plumbing that Pinterest has compared to, obviously, the uh, really good plumbing that – technical plumbing that Google had um, or has had all along. And then, Todd, maybe just on the quarter, you, you talked about um, larger online retail advertisers showing a lot of strength and big box retail uh, and, and CPG and others kind of having more issues, which I think makes a lot of sense given what we've heard from – Walmart and others uh, here through the, the, you know, last week. So could you just flush out a little bit more on are you adding new online retail advertisers to the top? Are, are you gaining wallet share within those larger online retail advertisers? I think we understand who's weak, but I'd, I'd love to hear more about where that strength is coming from. Thanks a lot. All right. Uh, well, thank you for the question and, and appreciate the sentiment. Um, you know, so I'll keep my comments focused on the, the opportunity here, but, uh, you know, definitely a lot of things from, you know, time spent in the industry that, uh, you know, drew me to Pinterest and that I think uh, speak to the uniqueness of the opportunity here. So a couple of those that I would mention. One, 
when you think about what it takes to create a really great personalized and curated visual experience, you really need a lot of deep capabilities in computer vision, machine learning, AI, um, and those things, uh, you know, as you can imagine, uh, are, are non-trivial to create. And uh, even before Pinterest, uh, before joining Pinterest, uh, I really had a tremendous amount of respect for what the team here had done in creating a great visual experience, leveraging a lot of computer vision, and driving really good personalization through ML and AI. And I'd say now on the inside, uh, I'm even more excited by those things. And so when I think about how we go forward on the shopping opportunities here, I think that's a really tremendous area of strength for Pinterest uh, is, is leveraging uh, those, those deep capabilities in computer vision uh, and the, the visual nature of how people naturally explore a shopping journey uh, and in really good ML and AI to personalize those so it's really relevant for the specific user. And then you see some, some things that uh, the team here has already been working on that, that we can do a lot more with, like partnering with um, you know, other platforms in the ecosystem, making it easier to ingest inventory from those platforms and from retailers uh, so there's an even more rich catalog uh, of products available for consumers to take action on. Uh, so I think there's a number of those things that, uh, you know, I could see from the outside that I thought were quite compelling and now on the inside – uh, I find even more compelling, but obviously a lot more that we can do there. And so that's uh, uh, quite exciting as well. But uh, I still think that we're very early innings on that. But again, solving things that the user, uh, I believe, expects from Pinterest. And that's a great place to be when you're solving things that a user naturally expects from your platform. And Ross, to your uh, the second part of your question on the retailer point, more larger specialty retailers and larger e-commerce versus big box. I think you're spot on in your comments about what you're seeing in real time in the news and with others' reports. Our larger specialty retailers and larger e-commerce were more resilient on the platform. Um, the diversified big box retailers were under a bit more pressure, which is probably unsurprising given the demand environment and consumer spend. But the overall message is kind of where I started my 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 opening comments for advertisers that value the demographic mix of our users that value the brand safety of the platform that value the insights led media buying that we're providing. And, and we've only enhanced that. It used to be a little bit more manual and now we have automation around how we deliver these insights to design campaigns and the, <clears throat> the value of being earlier in a purchase decision by communicating the value of a longer attribution window, those advertisers are finding success despite the environment and are scaling their spend. So to your point on are we adding more um, or are we getting more share of wallet, I would say it's both. And with a probably a heavier component of share of wallet versus adding a lot of new advertisers in those, those particular segments. Great. Operator, next question. Thank you. The next question comes from Brian Novak of Morgan Stanley. Please proceed. Thanks for taking my questions. Um, Bill, I have one for you. Um, just that you've, uh, you've been around the industry a long time. You have a very unique perspective. You've uh, obviously studied Pinterest and studied the competitive landscape. You know, a lot of what you described as the opportunity isn't that new probably to a lot of people on this call. 
I would be curious to hear about, you know, sort of two or three low-hanging areas of executional improvement you see in the company where you say, here is why the company has not executed on these opportunities the last couple of years the way that they could have, and here's how I'm going to, to fix those. Maybe lay, lay a couple of those out for us. Thanks. Sure. Uh, thanks, Brian. Uh, a couple of thoughts there. Uh, first of all, I'd say some of these things, there's a, a natural sequence of how these things evolve. So I talked about you know, a really good base of uh, visual exploration and the computer vision and machine learning that's required to support that. I think those have always been a strength of the, of the platform. Uh, and I think, you know, underpin the opportunity. And so I think there's a, a natural sequence of these things that, of course, you need that first. And then as you look at how you go capitalize on that, I think there, uh, I'd say context and timing matters as well. But I think we're at a moment in time where, um, you know, users are engaging in much more of their e-commerce journey, uh, or excuse me, much more of their broader commerce journey in a digital environment. And so I think as you, as you think about uh, sort of where digital commerce has been, I think, you know, the first 20-plus years of e-commerce were really solving for buying more than shopping. Uh, it was, you know, I know what I want. How do I get it the cheapest and fastest? Um, and as you've seen consumers shift their behavior through the course of the pandemic, uh, I think you're now seeing that, you know, the majority of shopping sessions uh, now start in a digital environment, regardless of whether they complete uh, online or in a store. So in that world where the consumer is looking to engage in a digital manner across not just their e-commerce purchases, but a broader set of purchases, I think the, the, the way that they have engaged in shopping in the, in the natural world, which involves much more discovery and inspiration uh, and is much more visual, I think just naturally plays to uh, you know, the strengths of, of Pinterest as a product and a platform. So I think that context and timing matters. I think then in addition to that, uh, I'd say, you know, the ability to go ingest a lot more uh, catalogs from a much broader set of players that are also really doubling down their investments, whether that's retailers or other commerce platforms, I think gives us a lot of the right raw material to go drive that to action, um, and, and as well as users being really, I think, ready to engage in a broader part of their, their, their shopping journey. Uh, in, in a digital environment. Uh, so those are a few things that I would mention uh, that, that I think put us in a great place to capitalize on these. And then, you know, the efforts that are here, it's worth it's worth noting, uh, and Todd's spoken uh, to some of this, you know, shopping is already driving meaningful revenue growth in the company. So I think, uh, you know, these are things that uh, uh, are already seeing really good benefit when you think about shopping ads and what that, that is doing for our revenue growth. I think the totality of the shopping experience is already a lot of good progress on that and, and more momentum for us to build on. Uh, and the final thing I'd say is when we talk about going from inspiration and intent to action, there's a lot of different ways we can take people to action. And so I think uh, some of the efforts I've seen across the industry can at times get hung up on, did you, did you complete a purchase on the platform? And back to, you know, learnings on what can work, I think there are a number of ways to help users take action and a number of ways to help users and retailers and brands connect more deeply. And so thinking about that through the lens of just buying 
can be overly limiting. And so I think that's also an opportunity for us to leverage a number of ways that users can engage more deeply with retailers and brands. Buying is certainly one of those, but there are multiple ways that we can help deepen those engagements, and that's part of what uh, we are exploring and, and will continue to explore. And there was a second part for Todd, I believe. On the, um, sorry, was that? Brian, sorry, can you, can you repeat the second part of your question? Move on. Right. Operator, let's move to the next question. Next question comes from Mark Maney of Evercore. Please proceed. Hi, thanks guys. This is Jan Lee for Mark Mahaney. Um, maybe just a follow up on just the opportunity in the shopping ads growth. Um, what do you think are the kind of if you were to rank order the, dri the key drivers of that growth in this category, is it just like getting more uh, inventory onto the platform? Is it better recommendation or, or kind of leaning more into creators' content? And the second question is, uh, we really haven't talked about the creator content investment. So, um, you know, just given the current environment, how you're thinking about uh, investing in, in the uh, in a kind of creator content? And also, you kind of mentioned the time spent on, uh, competition from the other video platforms. Uh, when you think about kind of creator or content acquisition, um, how how much do you have to compete with like TikTok, YouTube Shorts, Reels, et cetera? Or are you kind of, are you finding yourself uh, acquiring from a very, uh, like a different type of uh, creators than, um, than the other platforms? Thank you. So I can start on the the shopping discussion, the way I think about shopping on our platform is either a pure shopping ad, so promoted product, um, or our conversion optimization product, particularly checkouts um, and, and our additions to a cart, so very shopping-oriented performance ads. The success that we're seeing in general is the focus on building a great user experience. So how do we get enough inventory that if you're looking for something that we have the product in the system to serve to you, it's mapped to your aesthetic taste, your price point, a retailer that you trust, uh, and is in, delivered in a natural part of your shopping journey. So getting a billion products into the system, which came on the back of high-performing partnerships with Shopify and WooCommerce and with our merchants who are increasingly using our API to get real-time inventory with real-time pricing into the system, that's been really powerful in building the inventory we need to serve against a user's interest or intent. The second thing is we're building out more personalized shopping experiences into the core of the product. So Your Shop is an example that I referenced earlier that's our first real effort in a personalized shopping experience. Um, we bought the Yes or acquired the Yes a couple of months ago to help augment that effort. And I think that piece coupled with the inventory that we've built into the, the system will, will continue to build more organic shopping experiences for our users. What that means is that we can then deliver ads products against that. Our investments in automation have made that more successful. We've talked over the last couple of years about automated bidding. That extended to some of our lower funnel conversion products. We're looking forward to launching in the back half of this year more campaign level automation, which will continue to power even more performance in these areas. So all of that has been 
working together to build a better shopping business for us. On the creator and content side, I can start. I don't know, Bill, if you want to weigh in, but we were really delighted this quarter to look at some of our stats and see that 10% of time spent on the platform now is users watching video. That includes our watch tab and our idea pins. That's powered by a lot of content that's coming from individuals, but also through some partnerships that we announced, most notably Tastemade, where they're helping us build idea pins, a lot of uh, shows, and then increasingly Pinterest TV live programming around the world. So both organic and user-generated as well as through partnerships. We also improved through a lot of the investments we've made in machine learning, our relevance and delivery of our short-form video content and our idea pins. So relevance improved a ton quarter over quarter to the point now where we're seeing relevance almost at parity across idea pins and our static images, which is a big improvement. And so all of that means that when we get the idea ads format working, not only will this be accretive to engagement, but accretive to revenue over time. We were delighted to announce idea ads launching in the quarter. So all of what we've been talking about, about building relevance, getting richer content onto the platform, and extending that to business building, we made progress against that in the quarter. So I don't know if that answers your question or, Bill, you wanted to add anything. That's exactly right. The only other thing I'd add to it is that, you know, as we think about the way we're engaging with uh, content creators, you know, we see they appreciate the uniqueness of our platform as well. Both it's a positive place to engage, uh, as well as the strong intent uh, from our users. Uh, and so I think that's something that both our, you know, advertisers, uh, you know, see from us and are excited about from us. But we see that content creators really appreciate that about the platform as well. I think it leads to different types of opportunities for how creators can engage on our platform and the kinds of content uh, and user engagement that can come from that. Um, and it also means that we can play our own game on how we work with content creators. Uh, of course, we don't expect that we're going to match dollar for dollar with you know larger platforms, uh, but we can create unique ways to engage. Uh, we believe we can attract content creators uh, that are here for uh, you know the you know the specific users and, and, and environment that we have, as well as the intent that they have, uh, which is very different from other platforms where that intent may not be there, or the intent is one that is more around you know entertainment um, that you're sort of looking for the next entertaining video that you know can sometimes be uh, harder for creators to keep up with versus a platform where people are coming with an intent uh, to either shop or make or do. Uh, and that being something that uh, creators' content can be more enduring uh, for those reasons. And so uh, I think that's an important part of our platform, both for advertisers, but that also creators are really noticing and, and allows us to play our own game there. Operator, next question. Next question comes from Colin Sebastian of Baird. Please proceed. Uh, thanks, and good afternoon, Bill. Congrats again. It's been fun following your journey over the years. Um, a couple of questions for either you or Todd. I, I guess I guess first off, there were some interesting comments in the letter related to idea pins relevance. And and I guess I'm curious if there's a direct connection between how you're measuring relevance there and engagement you're seeing with users. And then and then secondly, I, I think you touched on this a little bit before regarding your term trends, but 
but given that the guidance for revenues in Q3 is a bit more positive than what we've, we've seen from other most other digital platforms at this point, um, just curious what, what you're hearing from advertisers in terms of feedback related to factors that, that are making uh, Pinterest more resilient than, than some of the other platforms. Thank you. Thanks, Colin. I uh, appreciate the sentiment there. I'll, I'll give some brief remarks, and then uh, you know, Todd can can add add to it. Um, uh, I think yes, we've seen really nice engagement with idea pens and video generally. Uh, and I think you know Todd mentioned this earlier. You know, ten percent uh, you know of, of engagement being over video uh, from you know a couple of years ago that would have been near zero. I think is really fantastic progress. I think idea pens. Uh, are a really great uh, example of that. Um, and Todd can expand on that a, a little further in terms of what uh, the teams are seeing there. On the advertiser feedback, uh, again, Todd will have you know, more, more color commentary here, but I think there's, uh, I've talked about the uniqueness of what's on the platform. I think, you know, as we, as we go forward into an environment where you know, users are thinking, or excuse me, advertisers are thinking about, you know, where they place their dollars. I think, you know, a relatively brand-safe environment uh, on the platform, high user intent, uh, and, you know, we uniquely have first-party signal on our platform. So, you know, when you think about Pinterest relative to other platforms uh, and shifts that are happening, uh, you know, with regard to, uh, you know, cookies and these kinds of things, the fact that we have really great first-party signal, uh, Todd mentioned 80% plus uh, of, of our, our users and our engagement being on our mobile app, uh, these are things that give us really good first-party signal and really good understanding of user intent. We don't need to understand user intent from outside our platform. We have it on our platform, and I think that's something that uh, uh, advertisers really appreciate and that we're able to drive through into our ad products. I'll, I'll give it to Todd to uh, expand on those. Yeah, look, I think that's a that's a great summary. I would I would say that we're really excited about the investments we're making in relevance and the impact that's having on bringing our idea pin format into closer something closer to parity with our static pins. That's sort of a precursor for success in terms of engagement. So, you know, when it when it flows through our top line numbers and we start to see that that curve bent or the you know the trajectory of engagement bend, we'll know it's having a, a bigger picture impact. But it's foundational for us to get to that point. Um, on the advertiser side, I think Bill summarized it well. I mean, one thing that we don't have on this platform, I kind of walked through the history of how we've built our advertiser base and the legacy of being exposed more to larger CPG and larger retailers during moments like this can be more beneficial. We don't have a lot of gaming, app download, crypto ads, for example, on the platform. A lot of it's around home, food, fashion, and beauty with our larger, more resilient advertisers. I had uh, mentioned the joint business partnership point in my opening comments because I thought it was an important indicator for us as being an alternative to the, the larger incumbents for advertising dollars, but still on the list given the issues that, that Bill had, had mentioned in the way I had opened. Demographics, brand safety, leading indicators of com consumer intent and commercial mindset on the platform and being early in a purchase journey are all differentiators. So um, I wouldn't want you to take away from this that we're in a different economic environment, though, than many of our, you know, others in our space. We started the quarter particularly strong. 
And a lot of our leading indicators, as I had mentioned, are softening as we see this demand picture become a little more uncertain with the quarter unfolding. And so I wouldn't want to tell you we're in a totally different market environment than others. We just started off stronger than the slightly stronger than the range that I described, and our best signals are that we're going to see some deceleration as the quarter unfolds. And operator, we'll take our last question. Final question will come from Rich Greenland or Greenfield. My, my apologies, from Whiteshed. Please proceed. I've never been to Greenland, but I'm sure I could find it on Pinterest. Um, on, um, <laughs> sorry. Um, you know, in the letter, uh, Bill, you talked about Google search. Uh, obviously, Google search has been a, a pressure on the business for, uh, for the last several quarters. And you talked about relying on sort of new ways of demand generation or driving traffic or sourcing traffic. And I was wondering if you could sort of give us some more examples when you talk about sharing idea pins on third-party platforms and even um, when you're talking about notifications. I assume that's AI for push notifications. But I was hoping, could you give us some examples of sort of what on both of those things, tangible, what you're seeing, how it's impacting the business, and what we should expect going forward? And then sort of just a big-picture housekeeping point, because you both brought it up. If if the mobile users are driving 80-plus percent of your revenue, why not just report mobile users? It seems like that's the most relevant indicator of what's tied to revenue growth. And why not just forget about this or even de-emphasize this overall MAU metric if the mobile MAU is really the one that matters? Thanks. All right. Thank you, Rich. Um, uh, I'll let Todd hit the, uh, the last question on, uh, on, on how we report the users, but on, on your question of, of how we're driving engagement, you know, um, you know, there's a number of factors, you know, I, I, you, you touched on one of those, uh, that, that we did as well, which is, you know, we're getting a lot of direct engagement, uh, through our mobile app. Um, and, you know, so, uh, that's always a great place to be to have 80% plus of your engagement, uh, you know, through a mobile app where people are coming to you directly. Um, so, you know, that as a base is fantastic. We're using a lot of ML and AI to improve our personalization across all of our surfaces. That drives up further engagement. And I think, you know, the team has been, you know, uh, mentioned earlier, have been really impressed coming inside and seeing the progress the team's been making there. And I think there's a lot more of that, uh, to come in, in terms of advances in, uh, the machine learning and AI front to improve personalization. It's a strength of the platform. Um, so a lot more we can do there. Uh, native content and creators, I think that engagement uh, will be more creative over time. And we're seeing good progress there, as noted, with 10% uh, of engagement being on video now. Uh, and, you know, I think we've talked about taking people from inspiration and intent to action. But I think there's a lot of uh, the inspiration and intent, inspiration and intent on our platform that people historically had to go to other platforms to take action. And as we make more of that actionable on our platform, that will naturally drive up further engagement as well. Uh, and we see, you know, early signs of that with, you know, things like the progress in shopping ads. Uh, and, you know, with respect to, to SEO, I think teams have been making good progress, leveraging, uh, you know, our, our machine learning and AI capabilities for, uh, for, you know, multiple channels of engagement, including things like notification, email, uh, and seeing good returns uh, on those things, as well as things like social sharing. So there's a number of factors there. There's no one silver bullet. 
it's broad-based, but I actually find that to be quite encouraging uh, that there's no one silver bullet, but actually a broad base of activities that's driving you know, really good progress uh, and engagement. And I'll give it to Todd to address uh, the user reporting part of the question. Yeah, thanks for the question, Rich. Um, we're always open to evaluating disclosure, and so you know I would keep an open mind about it and consider it. The reason we've been bringing it up for the last few quarters is we thought there was a bit of a deviation in the trend that we've seen historically, and so I thought it would be important context for this community and for investors to understand what's going on with our web-based traffic versus those that are coming direct or using the mobile app. Um, I thought it was also important to call out the impression and revenue contribution just so folks would understand how we could be seeing these MAU declines but continue our financial performance right through it which is one of the factors at play here, in addition to all the investments we're making in our ad stack and efficiency there, plus our demand generation. To your point specifically, the reason I kept it and I have kept it is that it's a pretty inclusive way of thinking about the people that come and discover Pinterest content, number one. Number two, we have often viewed these web-based users who come to us through search traffic as our upper funnel upper funnel user acquisition. These are people that are discovering Pinterest content through search. They're existing users that are resurrected, and they just rediscover reasons to come back to Pinterest. And so from a broader aperture perspective, it's a pretty useful way of thinking about those that are finding Pinterest content and are poten potential future mobile app users because they found this content through search. But of course, we'll, we'll always consider what's most useful for this community to understand the business and its prospects. Great. And I'll turn it over to Bill for final comments. Yeah. Thank you again uh, to everyone for joining the call and for your questions. Uh, we look forward to continuing the dialogue with you as we execute on the many exciting opportunities ahead. Uh, and we hope you all enjoy the rest of your day. That concludes the conference call. Thank you for your participation. You may now disconnect your lines.